say amen. Praise the Lord. Grab your Bibles with me here tonight, and we're going to get right into it. Tonight is the first night uh, this month of our theme, Straight to the Heart. Amen. How many of you guys know that the Bible talks a lot about the heart? Amen. And tonight, I'm going to try to do something. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to attempt it to try to set up, because I get the opportunity to speak about it before everybody else does, so I don't know what they're going to speak about. So hopefully, you know, because sometimes when you go last, you're like, every single person, like, they, they chop up your message. You're like, man, you're like, what? So by the time it's your turn, they've already, everybody's pretty much smoking, so you got to do something totally different. But tonight, I get the opportunity to go first. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to, I'm not going to try to steal anybody's message. I'm going to try to set them up. Amen. I'm going to try to set a foundation for the rest of the speakers, amen, so they can just build on it. Are you guys ready tonight? Praise the Lord. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do better than Pastor Josie this Sunday, amen. I'm just glad she's not here tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But before I, I, I start, I also want to make one quick, one more announcement. Um, I believe it's February. It's when? Tomorrow night, right, sister? Tomorrow night. Somebody say tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 10 p.m. to 3, 3 a.m. is United Prayer Watch. Come on, we got to get excited about that, Amen. We're going to be praying here from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. up on the third floor. So if you got any more questions about that, see Sister Aziza, amen. She's our, our prayer overseer, and she can give you more information about that, amen. Are you guys ready? Amen. Praise the Lord. We already prayed, right? Yes. Hallelujah. You got your Bibles? Amen. Praise God. Go and have a seat, amen. Amen. Well, tonight, again, like I said, I'm going to try to set set the stage, I guess you could say, for the rest of this month for everybody else. Um, and before we get into it, you can open up your, your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Amen. And here tonight, the title of my message is A Heart Condition. A Heart Condition. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about the condition of your heart. Now, how many know that the heart is the most important muscle in our body? You see, it provides all the nutrients and the oxygen that we need to live by sending blood to every part of our body. Can somebody say amen? Needless to say, having a healthy heart is what? A very important thing. Right? If, when you think about it, if it wasn't for the heart, we wouldn't be able to breathe. If it wasn't for the heart, the blood wouldn't get to the rest of our body. So it goes, you know, to say that it's a very important thing. Amen? Now, the tragic reality is that each year, heart disease causes 25% of all deaths in the United States. Now, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women. The leading cause of death for both men and women. Now, if you want to have a long and active life... You need to have a healthy heart. Look at your neighbor and say, have a healthy heart. Now, in the same way, the condition of our spiritual heart is just as important. Can someone say amen? So today I want to talk to you about, or tonight I want to talk to you about the condition of our spiritual heart. Now, the Bible uses the word heart a thousand times or more. And it is used to designate the soul, the spirit, the mind, the conscience, and the will. Now, the Holman Bible Dictionary defines the heart as the center of the physical, mental, and spiritual life of a human being. Now, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, that's a long, that's a long name, amen. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia defines the heart as the seat of the emotions, of passions and appetites, and includes our intellectual and moral faculties. A little bit more in-depth, can someone say amen? Now, for our sake, I'm going to define the heart as the seat of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now you say, well, what's so important about our spiritual heart? Look at your neighbor and say, what's so important about my spiritual heart? Are you in Proverbs chapter 4? In verse 23, the Bible says this. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. See, what Solomon was talking about here is that the condition of our heart should be the first, the chief, and the primary concern for every single Christian. 
He tells us that the reason for this is because our heart is what? The wellspring of our life. Now, Webster Dictionary defines a wellspring as a source of continual supply. A source of continual supply. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I loved to fish. Anybody here love to fish? I still love to fish. I don't get to do it as often as I like, but I still love to fish. But when I was younger, hello. <laughs> when I was younger, amen, one of my favorite ways of fishing was I used to like going fishing in streams or in little rivers, right? That was one of my favorite ways of fishing. I mean, because anybody can go to a lake, right? You just walk out there and it's right there, you know. But when you have, sometimes when you go stream fishing, you can't just drive up to a stream. You got to, you know, you got to park over here and then you got to go, you got to go, sometimes you got to go hike, right, to get to the stream. And sometimes it's way out in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains. And you get up there and then you got to find the nice little fish. You got to find the nice holes in the river or in the stream. And how you know that's a good time, amen? But I used to love doing that. And when, when I thought about it, I thought about that, you know what, those little streams, they used to provide life for that whole area, amen? That little stream would provide life for that whole area. And without that stream, the trout, the insects, the animals, and all the vegetation around there would not be able to survive if it wasn't for that stream. Everything depended on the water that came from those streams. And it's in the same way that those little streams brought life to that area, so too our heart is the foundation of life for our mind, our soul, and our body. Can somebody say amen? And that's why Solomon tells us that guarding our heart should be our highest priority because it is the wellspring of our life. Amen? It's what? A continual supply of our life. How many know that our heart is a continual supply of our life? You say, well, what's so important about guarding our hearts? Well, one of the reasons why we have to guard our heart is because the devil knows the importance of our heart. Amen? He knows that our heart, amen, is God wants our heart. Amen? If God wants our heart, how many know that the devil's going to try to steal what God wants? Huh? That's why he's constantly trying to get at our heart. It's his goal to get our hearts to become hard. I'm going to say that again. It's his goal to get our hearts to become hard. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have a hard heart? Don't answer that. Amen. Because see, if he can do that, he knows that our spiritual life will quickly deteriorate. Once our heart begins to get hard, our spiritual life will soon begin to deteriorate. Can someone say amen? Are you with me? Amen. He does this by trying to get us to take offense at things, to try to get us to feed bitterness, try to get us to hold on to unforgiveness. I know there's nobody here that does that. Amen. Nobody here holds on to unforgiveness. Can somebody say amen? Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to give you some signs tonight, amen, that you can look for to see if your heart is getting hard. I'm going to give you some signs tonight. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 17, Jesus spoke to his disciples about the characteristics of a hard heart. Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts, hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? And ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Look at your neighbor and say, don't you remember? See, in these verses, Jesus gives, up, gives us four symptoms. Look at your neighbor and say, four symptoms. He gives us four symptoms that are descriptive of a hard heart. The first symptom of a hard heart, that you might have a hard heart, or I might have a hard heart here tonight, amen, because I'm going to include myself, is that a hardened heart dulls a person's ability to perceive and understand. Huh? If you have a hard heart, the first thing is you're unable to understand. Mark chapter 6, verse 51 to 52 says, Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. You see, the disciples had just witnessed a miracle. 
You guys all know the story, right? We all know the story. They had just witnessed a miracle, right? Remember the, the two fish and the five loaves? What was it? Five fish and two loaves. Come on, it's two and a half fish, right? And three and a half loaves, right? Well, they had just witnessed one of the greatest miracles you've ever seen in the Bible. The Bible says that there were 5,000 people or 5,000 men, right? That's what the Bible says. But think about this. Back then, if there was a man, there was usually a woman, right? If there was a woman, there was usually at least one kid. Hello. So that's what? That's 15,000 people. The Bible just says 5,000 because they only counted the man. But let's, let's be honest. Back then, they probably had three wives, right? Or some of them probably even had more than that. Amen. But for sake of tonight, we're just going to say one. Right? We're just going to give them one wife and one kid. So we're looking at 15. They just saw Jesus feed 15,000 people with a couple fish and some, some loaves of bread. Huh? Are you guys with me? They had just witnessed this. They had just witnessed this awesome miracle. But because their hearts were hard, they were blind to the amazing miracle that had just happened right before their eyes. You see, a hard heart is characterized by an inability to understand. They could not understand what they had just saw. People with hard hearts are unable to recognize the reality of the supernatural. Have you ever seen any, have you ever talked to anybody about supernatural things and they just don't understand? Huh? You share with them the miracle that God has done in your life and they just look at you like, what? Like they just can't wrap their mind around what you're talking about. They just don't understand. And you say, why, do, why can't they just understand what I'm talking about? How could you not understand that? Because their hearts are hard. Because the disciples were hard-hearted, they completely missed what had happened with the fish and the loaves. And I believe that hard-heartedness is what keeps some Christians from believing in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? I'm going to say that again. I believe that hard-heartedness is what keeps some Christians, huh? not some people, I'm talking about Christians, some Christians from believing in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. See, when a person says that they believe in God and that they love Jesus, but they deny the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm here to let you know that they got a hard heart. Huh? I don't know about you, but for me, if I say that I love God and I say that I believe in Jesus Christ, I got to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Huh? Because if I don't, that means my heart is hard. See, when a person, hard hearts can also keep us from being able to understand relational issues. Anybody have relational issues here tonight? Don't raise your hand. Come on now. If you're alive and you're breathing, you have relational issues. That's just a part of life. Can someone say amen? You see, even in my own marriage, right? That was, that's probably one of the greatest relational issues you'll ever have. Is when you get married, you just created a whole other relational issue. Huh? And most of the time, it's good. It's good relational issues, right? Hopefully it is. Amen. But how you know that even in a marriage, sometimes there's different kinds of relational issues. And even in my own marriage, see, when my heart was hard, I wasn't able to understand what was going on in my marriage. I couldn't understand certain things. I mean, there was certain things in my marriage, you know, there was reasons why certain things I couldn't understand because, you know, I was a drug addict and all these different things. But even, af even after I got saved, even after God delivered me, I was still having relational issues in my marriage. It was because my heart was hard. Huh? My heart was hard. But I couldn't understand what was going on. Huh? And I used to point the finger at my wife I think it was all her fault. It was, she was the reason why we were having relational issues. Huh? Anybody ever do that? You see, I had no capacity to understand what she was going through. I had no capacity to understand what she was feeling because my heart was hard. See, actually, now I know that it was because I had a hard heart that that was causing most of our problems. You see, when our hearts are hard, we look at things from a selfish and distorted perspective. Huh? Somebody's, somebody's mind just went poof right now. Amen? 
See, when our hearts are hard, we look at things from a selfish and distorted perspective. I don't know about you, but I almost said I used to be a very selfish person. I still tend, can tend to be a very selfish person. Amen? Because I'm Irish. That's just how we are. Amen? Praise the Lord. But God is still dealing with me. But I used to be a lot worse. But it was because of my hard heart. So I had a very selfish attitude. And that, you know, gave me a distorted perspective. See, we tend to maximize our suffering and minimize the pain that we're causing other people. Huh? This is for all you husbands out there. Amen? You see, our ability to understand and sympathize with others is severely limited because we have a hard heart. In Matthew chapter 13 and 15, the Bible says, For this person's heart has become calloused. They hardly, fear with their, hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Can somebody say amen? It's because of a hard heart that we can't understand. Another symptom, besides not being able to understand, is being unable to see. People with hard hearts become blind to their attitudes and their actions. They don't see them the way other people see them. Huh? And the Bible talks about the Pharisees, right? It's almost like, you know, some people, they have that pharisaical, is that the right way they say that, Pastor Greg? Pharisaical kind of a, an attitude, right? They're unable to, they become blind to their attitudes. They become blind to their actions because they're unable to see because of their hard hearts. Huh? Because they were hard-hearted, they were blinded to their hypocrisy and their own sin. Huh? The Bible talks about that, about the Pharisees and the scribes that they had become hard-hearted, that they were blind to their own hypocrisy and their own sin. See, when our hearts are hard, we justify our actions, and we like to blame other people. Huh? We like to justify our actions. Well, I'm doing this because of that. I'm doing this because of them. We begin to justify our actions. Hello. Right? And we begin to blame other people. Well, it's because of them. That's the reason why I'm doing this. This is the reason why I'm acting like this. It's because of them. I know I spent a lot of time, like I said before, in my marriage, blaming the condition of my marriage on my wife. So let me say this tonight. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> Amen. My wife put up a lot of stuff. Hello. Amen. I wasn't as, I wasn't as cool as I am now. She didn't love me as much as she loves me now. Amen. But because I had that... I didn't know it then, but I used to have, I had that pharisaical, pharisaical attitude, right? It was her fault. And the reason why I was doing what I was doing was because of her, you know, because I had a hard heart. I was unable to see. I was blind to my own sin, huh? People tried to point out my sin. I don't know if people ever tried to point out your sin. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to step, I'm going to step out and say probably yes. They probably used to point out your sin as well. Amen. But I didn't see it all. I didn't see it like that. I didn't see it the way everybody else saw it. Hello. You ever been there? Where everybody else sees it but you. Right? You Pharisee you. Right? There's no other Pharisees here tonight, right? But see, when our hearts are hard, we're unable to see the sin in our lives, and we focus on the sin of other people. Huh? Remember how the Pharisees were? How they used to like pointing fingers. Oh, no. Look at them. Right? Oh, I'm not as bad. Oh, no. Look what they're doing. Hello. Look, at, look what she's doing. Woo! Come on now. But see, when our hearts are hard, we focus on other people's sins. See, if you're easily offended and unable to forgive others, you probably have a hard heart. Huh? Anybody here easily offended? See, when our hearts are hard, we become enslaved to our selfishness, and we're unable to humble ourselves. Hmm. The Bible says that 
you know, uh, and pride comes before a fall. So if you're unable to humble yourself, you better get ready because you just might fall. So all we can focus on is our rights. Our selfish motives become the primary driver in our life. See, hardness of heart leads to justification of sin. Because my heart was hard, I was able to hear the Lord's direction and correction. How many know that even though we have a hard heart, how many know God is always trying to speak to us? God is always trying to give us direction. God is always trying to penetrate our heart. Because how many know that's where, we, that's where we get the direction? That's where we get the wisdom. That's where we get the touch from God. It's our heart. It's not really our mind. It's our heart. We get it right here. But I was unable to hear because I had a hard heart. I was unable to hear the Lord's direction. I was un, un, unable to hear the Lord's correction. How many know God wants to correct us sometimes? Huh? He tells us, hey, you're going right, but I need you to go left. Huh? I would read the Bible, but I didn't apply it to my life. I listened to sermons, but I didn't hear what I was supposed to apply it to. Huh? Sound like anybody here tonight? Huh? You sit through sermon after sermon, service after service. Huh? And you go home and you just don't know how to apply it. Or you even really don't care. You even say, wow, that was a great word. Huh? But you can't walk it out. If you read the Bible or you listen to teachings and you don't apply it to your life, I'm here to let you know that your heart is hard. Your heart is hard. Your heart is hard. It's hard. That's hard to say. Your heart is hard. Amen. It's possible to enjoy biblical teaching and even to approve of what is being taught and yet grow hard-hearted. Huh? The difference between hard-heartedness and soft-heartedness is being a doer of the word or only a hearer of the word. Are you a doer or are you a hearer? Everybody hears, but not everybody does. If you, have, if you ignore the Holy Spirit's wooing to draw you to a secret closet of intimacy, then your heart is getting hard. Or maybe you were warned by God to stop some secret sin, but nonetheless, you continue to harbor it in your heart. You, my friend, have a hard heart. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 9 says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. So not only does a hard heart, one of the symptoms is you're not able to understand, but another symptom is what? You're not able to hear or to see, right? You can't see. Another symptom is you're unable to hear. When our hearts become hard, we're unable to hear the Lord. And I don't think that my heart was hard because I was still reading the Bible. I was still praying. I was still doing a lot of things in the church. I was still doing ministry. Huh? So I didn't think that my heart was becoming hard. How can my heart become becoming hard? Right? I'm praying. I'm sitting in every service. I'm, I'm teaching over here. I'm involved in this ministry. I'm ushering. I'm doing all these different things. How can my heart become hard? See, I hadn't turned away from God. I haven't rejected the Lord. But I did not notice that I was not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit as much. That voice wasn't as loud as it used to be. Huh? I was still doing a lot for God, but the problem was is that I was not doing it with him. Are you doing something for him or are you doing something with him? Huh? There's a difference. Do you know the difference? Some of the hardest hearts on earth can be found in church every Sunday. Not this church. The church down the street, Amen. Some of the hardest hearts on earth can be found in a church on every Sunday morning. You can be hard-hearted and listen to teaching tapes, sing God's praises, serve as a teacher, serve as a teacher, be a member of the worship team, and still have a hard heart. 
If you're struggling to hear the heart of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, you may be suffering from a hard heart. If you're saying, you know what, I haven't heard the Lord in so long, well, you might have a hard heart tonight. When we have a hard heart, we're unable to remember all that God has done for us. And that's the fourth symptom, is unable to remember. This is the one that got me. This is the one that got me. Is for one, we had, we're not able to understand, right? We're not able to see, and we're not able to hear. And the fourth symptom is we're unable to remember. Unable to remember. When, we've had a hard, when we have a hard heart, we are unable to remember all that God has done for us. Instead, we focus on what God hasn't done. Huh? Why hasn't God done this? Why hasn't God done that? I've been praying about this. I've been asking God for this. I've been asking God for that. And we forget what God has already done. But somehow we focus on what he hasn't done. Because we have a hard heart. When our hearts are hard, we are miserable and unhappy because our eyes become glued to our problems and our struggles. Anybody got problems and struggles here today? Huh? Instead of remembering all the times God has come through, we get stuck in depression or self-pity. Huh? After the Lord rescued the Israelites from Egypt, he told them to remember all that he had done. He told them to remember how he provided for them while they were in the desert for 40 years and how he even kept their clothes from wearing out. Hello. I wish I could keep my clothes from wearing out. I'm serious. I, I wish I could keep my clothes. I don't, that's a miracle. Amen. They forgot. But because their hearts were hard, they forgot and grumbled against God. And they even wanted to go back into captivity. You ever want to go back to your old life? Because God hasn't done something for you? Come on, be honest with yourself tonight. I should just go back to the way I used to be. Huh? God isn't doing this for me anyways. I might as well just go back. Hello? I don't know about you, but I've been there. This hit me. This was me. Huh? I'm going to say that because their hearts were hard, they forgot. And they grumbled against God. They cursed God. Huh? And they wished they were back in slavery. Huh? A sure sign that your heart has gotten hard is when you fail to remember all of the blessings you have received from the Lord. Huh? Have you forgot where you were when God saved you? Do you remember where you were at when God pulled you out of that pit? Huh? Do you, come on now. Do you remember the night that that doctor came into your, your hospital room and told you, if you don't change your life, you're going to die? Do you remember that night that that nurse came into that room and said, if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die? If you don't get in a program, you're going to lose your life. If you don't change, you are going to die. Anybody here remember that night? Huh? Do you remember that day? I do. I remember that day. I remember the day that God said, if you don't change, if you don't do something with you, if you don't do, you're going to die. I remember that. I remember. That's why I keep going, man. That's the thing that keeps me coming to church every Sunday and every Thursday. That's the thing that keeps me coming to all the events. That's the thing that keeps me going. Huh? If the gospel, if, they, if, if God is inconveniencing you, if God has become an inconvenience to you, you got a hard heart. Huh? I know I'm speaking to somebody tonight. I hope I'm stepping on some toes. But if, if the gospel has become an inconvenience to you, you got a hard heart. You forgot where you were when God saved you. You forgot where you were when God pulled you out. Huh? The gospel has become inconvenient to you. How dare they ask me to come to church on a Thursday night? My God, don't they know I got to go to work tomorrow? Oh. Hey, I've heard it. I, I've heard it. For people that used to be, we're sitting in a room talking about, you know what, man? That nurse came in this night and she told me if I didn't go to this program, if I didn't stop drinking, that I was going to die. 
Huh? A few years later, oh, oh, I can't believe they want me to go to a Bible study. I can't believe I should, I got to go to a prayer tonight. All of a sudden, God is an inconvenience for you. You got a hard heart. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on me. Because I was here. I was in that spot. Like, come on, man. Really? I got to go to church again? Man. And that's when I backslid. That's when I backslid. Because my heart was beginning to get hard. Don't forget. Remember where God brought you from. Remember who you were before God saved you. Don't get comfortable where you're at right now. Oh, I got a new car now. I got a roof over my head. I got a little girlfriend. I got a little boyfriend now. People want to talk to me. My cle- I got all my teeth. You know, my, 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 my pants are all creased up. You know, I got new shoes now. And all of a sudden, you forget about God. Now, all of a sudden, God is an inconvenience to you. God, for, you know, like, oh, that burns me up. Man. I don't know, it's just, it, that, that, that got me, amen? But it's been interesting for me now how much more thankful I am. Hmm? I'm not perfect, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm, ask my wife, she'll tell you. I'm not perfect. Because there's even times I'm like, oh, God. But that's, but that's what I remember. Then, amen, bam, and I have to, boom, get back up. No, because I, I remember, man. I remember where I was at. I remember what God pulled me at. I remember when I was sleeping in that Volkswagen down the street from my house. Waiting for my wife to leave for work so I can go in the house and take a shower. I remember. You think it's funny, but I'm telling you the truth. I was sleep, I'm six foot two. I was sleeping in the backseat of a Volkswagen Beetle. I was smacked out, man. I was smoked out. Waiting, looking down the street, waiting for her to leave so I can go sneak in the house and take a shower. I remember where I was at. I remember where I was. That's why I'm thankful today. That's why I'm so thankful for where I'm at. Not because I'm anywhere. Don't forget. Israelites forgot. They didn't remember. Huh? But my heart has been changed. And since my heart has gotten softened by the Holy Spirit, I'm so much more thankful and appreciative for all the the blessings that I have now. Man, I got so many. My kids used to hate me. They used to hate me without passion. Well, they're my stepkids, but they're my kids. Hello. They've been with me longer than they've been with their daddy. Hello. So I'm their white daddy. That's what my, hey, that's what my wife tells him. Hey, you got to go talk to your white daddy. Because their other daddy is, he's brown. But, so I'm the white daddy. But they used to hate me. They hated me with a passion. My son moved out of the house, moved in with his aunt and uncle. You know, my other, you know, it was, it was, for years it was terrible. It was bad. But now, hello, blessings of the Lord. You know, I'm, not because I'm perfect, but because God changed my heart. God changed my heart. It's the wellspring of my life. Everything flows out of here. Everything flows out of there. I used to be unhappy. You ever, you ever walk around your house and just like, man, God, man. You know, and you think about, oh, man, I wish it, man. You look at all the things that you don't have, right? You look and think, man, you know what? Try this. Try walking around your house and thinking about the things you, you have now that you didn't have when you were sleeping in the back of that Volkswagen Beetle. Hello, right? Or my, my director used to always tell me this, you know, oh, you weren't worried about all that stuff when you were sleeping under the bridge, right? And I used to get mad because I used to tell him, I didn't sleep under no bridge. You know, I was, I was slept in the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. I used to get mad when he would say that. 
Like, you know, don't profile me, bro. I, was, I didn't sleep under no bridge, right? But think about it. Walk around your house and look at the stuff that you have. Some of you guys got some big screen TVs. Hello. They, you couldn't fit that underneath the bridge, right? And you, and, you were, and you walk around complaining, looking at you like, man, you open up a refrigerator. It might not be full, but it ain't empty. Hello. You, you might only have a bottle of water in there. Hey, it's something. Hello. It's perspective. But your perspective comes from here. Not from here. Your perspective comes from here. So when this is good, this is good. Huh? Because this will change this. Your heart will change your perception. Hmm? Psalms chapter 77, verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. Huh? Don't forget. Always remember. So when you have a hard heart, one of the symptoms is what? You can't understand. When you have a hard heart, one of the symptoms is you can't see. When you have a hard heart, one of the symptoms is you can't hear. And the fourth symptom was what? You, you can't remember. You can't remember. What causes a hard heart? How does my heart become hard? What is the reason why it, come, it starts to get hard? Well, I'm here to let you know the main thing is sin. Simple. It's not some weird formula that causes your heart. It's simple, plain, and sin. From the beginning of time, it was sin. When sin came in the world, it messed everything up. Hebrews chapter 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, the garden gives us a perfect example of how sin affects us a heart. Like it, I told you, in the very beginning, this is where, this is where it happened. The moment Adam tasted of the forbidden fruit, his heart became hard. And here it is, remember, he blamed God for giving huh, him Eve. And he blamed Eve for giving him the fruit. There it is. Remember, the perspective, now he's blaming another, right? Huh? For his sin. Adam's heart of sensitive flesh was suddenly petrified and became a hard, unfeeling stone. He tried to hide himself from the presence of his best friend. God was his best friend. Can you say that God is your best friend? Huh? And then hide from him? When he's looking for you, you hide? You know why you would do that? Just like Adam, because your heart was hard. As soon as he took a bite of that apple, his heart began to get hard. You see, the devil tempts us to sin because he knows it's going to harden our heart towards God. Sin has been conquered and the wages of sin has been atoned for. You got to know that. That our sin has already been atoned for. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, the debt was paid. Huh? But sin still has the ability to harden our heart. That's why the devil tries so hard to get us to sin. Huh? Because there's a lot of different ideas. Of, well, is this sin? Is that sin? Is, although, you know, if I do that, is it sin? Simple, easy. If it separates you from God, it's sin. That's it. We look, you know, we think sin. We think, okay, drug addiction, prostitution, gangs, you know, uh, uh, murder. All these things. We think, okay, yeah, those are all sins. Okay, of course, those are all sins. But, you know, there's a lot of other sins that people don't even think about. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Because all those things will separate you from God. If it separates you from God, it can even be something good. It can even be something good. It can be sinful. 
Not that it's not that in itself is it sin, it's because of what we do with it. Huh? How we, we allow it to separate us and it becomes sin in our lives. Huh? You ever hear this before, a little in your ear? You can sit now and just ask for forgiveness later. Just do it now. God will forgive you later. It's all good. Huh? Or is that just me? Okay. Or how about this one? Don't worry about it. No one's going to know. Huh? It's not going to hurt anybody. Huh? Or you, you deserve a little fun. Come on. I know I used to hear that one all the time. Right? Just, come on, Sister Carrie. We used to hear that all the time. Come on. You deserve to have some fun. Come, you've been working hard. You've been bringing home the bacon. Come on. Go out and have a little bit of fun. Hello? How many know the people like us, we didn't just go out and have a little bit of fun? Right? We had a whole lot of it. Amen. But it wasn't fun when we got back. That was just me again. Amen. But see, sin will bore a hole into our hearts, and it will rob us of the life that Jesus came to give us. Can someone say amen? See, during the struggles, you can allow the sin of unforgiveness to take root in your heart. How many know that when we're going through things, the enemy's going to try to step in? Um, when we go through struggles, that's when the enemy tries to get a foothold in our life. Uh, so we've got to be very careful. Huh? That's why when you're going through things, that's why you've got to make sure you couple with somebody. You can say, hey, I need you praying for me. I need you to pray with me, pray over me, lay hands on me, anoint me, dump you know, a whole bottle of anointing oil on me. Do something, because I don't want the enemy to come in and get a foothold. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. The worship team can go ahead and make their way up here tonight. Amen? And I might have got a little ahead of myself, but it's okay. I haven't worked with notes like this in a long time. This last time I used my iPad, it crashed on me up here. Amen. I wasn't going to let that happen. But I'm going to read that again. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Verse 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. I'm going to say that again. Do not give the devil a foothold. Because once the devil gets his foot in the door... He's going to use his other foot to kick it open. Huh? And here tonight you might say, you know what? Maybe you identified with one of those symptoms. Maybe, you know, you're like, man, I, I'm not able to understand. Like when, when people are talking, I hear the word, I hear the different things, and I hear the worship songs, but I just don't, just don't feel it. I don't understand. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting it like I used to. Huh? Coming for a while. It's like, man, I'm just not feeling like I used to feel it. Well, maybe tonight your, heart, your heart's starting to get hard. You know, maybe you're not hearing the, word, the voice of God anymore like you used to. Maybe, man, his voice used to wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, you, you knew that voice. When he spoke to you, man, you were, boom, you pop, you go open your eyes. You're like, okay, Lord, what do you want? You know, you used to hear that voice. And now it's like, man, you can't, you can't hear it anymore. All you hear is the, the voice of your wife or your husband or your kids or your boss, you know. That's the loudest voices in your life. Or maybe one of these other symptoms. I don't know. I don't know where exactly where you're at tonight. I don't know what you're going through. But here tonight, I want to make sure, again, like I don't know how you came in, but I know how you can leave, right? Pastor always says that. I don't know how you came in tonight, but I know how you can leave. Maybe you came in tonight and you have a hard heart or you feel it getting hard. And you're like, man, I don't know what to do. How do I get rid of, how do, how do I deal with this? You're struggling with it. You're like, man, I don't want to have a hard heart. I want to have a heart after God. I want to have a soft heart that God, you know, God can just, when he gives me, he can give me something. I can receive it. 
I can take it. I can run with it. I can do it. How do I have a change of heart? You want more of God and you know your heart has become resistant. It's been resisting the Lord. Well, here tonight, all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. All you got to do is call upon his name. That's it. It's not hard. Just like getting a hard heart or allowing a hard heart tonight is not hard. It's actually, it happens very easily. But it's also very easy to get rid of it. All you got to do is call upon his name. All you got to do is call upon his name. On the name above all names. Name above all names. You don't have to call on, you know, Dr. Phil, right? Or Oprah, you know. They don't got the answer. They're not going to help you with your heart and heart. Huh? They're going to give you some perspective that's going to take you on a whole different highway. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we get these self-help books and, you know, we read these things and we're like, man, you know, it sounds good, right? Sounds good. Hello. But is it good? Is it going to help your hard heart? No. Because they didn't create it. God created your heart. He's the only one that's going to be able to soften it. He's the only one. And all you got to do is call upon his name. All you got to do is repent. Huh? Some of you guys haven't said that word in a long time. Repent. Huh? When was the last time you repented? When was the last time you asked God for forgiveness? When was the last time you told God, I'm sorry? Huh? I try to do it every day. Before I ask God for anything. That's, that's the way they taught me in the home. I remember I, went to, I asked my director, I said, how do I, you know, how am I supposed to pray? I mean, I hear this guy praying, I hear this, you know, this guy praying. What's the right? He said, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to ask God for forgiveness. You got to, don't, don't ever ask God for anything until you've repented. You ask him to forgive you. What you've done, what you've said, the way you've acted, the things you've, you know, you've looked at, even things you don't even know you've done, you need to ask for forgiveness for. He said, then you praise him. Then you praise him. He said, then when you're done with that, he's all, even though that, that should take you, that, that should take you all day. Praising God should take you all day. So if you got any time left, so then you can ask him for something. Huh? So then you can ask him for something. So all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. All you got to do is repent and ask him to change your heart. You know what the crazy thing is? Is that he's going to do it. He's going to do it. You got to believe that he's going to do it. He's not going to scold you. He's not going to judge you. Huh? He's going to act as your mediator. The Bible says that, right? That he's your mediator. That he goes before the Lord on your behalf. He goes before God on your behalf. When you ask for forgiveness, Jesus says, hey, he's asking He's a good guy. He's a good girl. He means it. God forgives us. God just washes it away. Gives us that soft heart. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed tonight? Psalms chapter 51 and 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. I was going through everything I was going through in my life, through my marriage, my addiction, all those other things that I, I experienced, all those struggles. My breakthroughs always came when I recognized the condition of my heart. I recognized the condition of my heart. Tonight might be the night that you recognize the condition of your heart. Because if you're looking for a breakthrough, you say, you know what, I've been struggling all these different, and I just haven't been able to break through. I don't know what it is. I've tried this, I've tried that. Well, here tonight I'm asking you to try this. Just ask God to forgive you. Call upon his name. Huh? That's when I that's 
every time I got my breakthrough. But I was able to see the condition of my heart and ask him to change it. Remember, he who made your heart can change your heart. Job said, God, make me, make my heart soft. Go ahead and stand your feet here tonight. Keep your eyes closed. Heads bowed here tonight. The reason why I want you to do this, I want you really to, to look at your heart. Look at your heart tonight. Is it becoming hard? Can you understand? Are you able to see? Are you able to hear? Have you forgotten what God did for you? And if you have, and if you're honest with yourself tonight, as they begin to play this song, as they begin to worship the Lord, I'm going to open up the altars tonight. I'm going to open up the altars tonight because I want everybody to have an opportunity to walk out of here different than the way that they came in. You are the reason for my You don't gotta walk out of here.